Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you will receive 20% off your next order. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We'd like to welcome in all of our returning listeners as well as all of our new listeners. Welcome to the month of March here on the Locked On Bucks podcast. That's right. It is March free agency. It's just a few short weeks away. And uh, while you come here for your free agency talk, your draft talk, your Bucks talk, whatever it is, please take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help other Buccaneers fans find us. We greatly appreciate it. On today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we're kicking off the week talking about Tom Brady and a Ring of Honor conversation that is going around the internet. Uh, It's Mock Draft Monday, so we're going to get into that. But first, we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, how they just finished up hosting the world's largest girls flag football tournament this past weekend. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers strength and conditioning coach Morale Javadafar was quoted as saying, quote, Coach Aarons is always looking to push forward. He's been progressive. He wants to do what's right, and that's what he believes in. And then Tampa Mayor Jane Casto was also quoted as saying, quotes, the only thing that you need to ensure that you build up is that belief in yourself and that confidence that you can do anything. Do you think the coaches here when they grew up watching football on TV that they ever thought they would have an opportunity to coach an NFL team? They didn't know that because they didn't see it and they didn't see any women standing on the sidelines. But now you get to see them standing on the sidelines. You get to see them as coaches in the NFL and you can be the first players in the NFL if that's that's what your dream is and you're committed to work hard enough to get there end quote of course mayor casto was talking about java defar and assistant defensive line coach Lori locus who uh, are both part of the super bowl winning staff of the tampa bay buccaneers the only team in the national football league that has two female coaches on staff uh full time so a, a big accomplishment for them especially in covid days it was supposed to be in the indoor practice facility but they had to move it outdoors but they were still able to execute it outdoors and get everything done safely in a safe manner so uh, big kudos to the Buccaneers for doing that. You know, that was a big project. They wanted to make sure they got accomplished and they did it. Yeah, it's it's no surprise here. This is something that the Buccaneers have done for uh, a few years now since Bruce Arians came to town. And he's always been very inclusive in those things. And, you know, he always talked about he doesn't care what their gender is. He doesn't care what their race is. He doesn't care about any of that. He wants to hire the best people. And it just so happens that, you know, two of the people that he hired that were the best people for the job happen to be female that's just kind of how it is and um them doing this flag football tournament and the inclusion that involves it's a phenomenal event that they put on every year i'm I'm sure the athletes look forward to doing it and the buccaneers can provide some of that inspiration that mayor casto spoke about you know they see coach locust they see coach java defar and and you know they say we can do this with our lives maybe some of them are looking at the coaches and saying i'm going to take it a step further and i'm going to be the first person to play i'm going to be the first woman to be one of the people on a 53 person roster and i will make it to the nfl it, you know it's one step at a time for a lot of them and and it's incredible that the buccaneers host this and, and put this on to show all these female football players they're like look you know, you deserve to be out here too. And we're happy to host this, but David, uh, we did get a voicemail 
that we want to go ahead and dive into before we head over to segment two. So why don't you roll that beautiful bean footage? What's going on, boys? Manny from Atmore. Just calling uh, on this uh, O.J. Howard possible trade. I love the way you guys uh, just kind of get little topics here and there to for us uh, to discuss the scenarios and stuff. Very interested. Um, just, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm the only O.J. Howard fan that I've heard. You know, the dude played, I think it was five games last year. That's all he played, five games. And he had, I think it was about 140 yards with two touchdowns. How do you, I mean, that he gets hurt. He's 25, 26 years old. Are, are we really saying here that a, a 100% healthy O.J. Howard next to a, a, a Gronk, a healthy Gronk, um, you know, it, Gronk can be healthy, but he's not the same player. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's on his way out. O.J. is on his way in, and I'm sorry, but I am, uh, I mean, I, I, I believe in my soul that we have the two most underestimated tight ends in the league in Bray and Howard. I just don't know how we would even think about trading him since we have just Gronk. You know, we, we only have Gronk, and we may have him for another year. I mean, uh, O.J. is going to give us longevity work. I mean, he's health. you know, as long as he stays healthy, I think he can actually do that. If trade is what we're going to do, let's value our assets here and not accept anything below the second, you know, second pick, uh, second round. Because, I mean, it, it's just we won the Super Bowl without him. I think we're just going to be that much better with him on the field next year. Again, four games, five games, two touchdowns, 140 yards. On, 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 for just that period of time that tells you this dude would have been probably up in the tight end of the year kind of caliber because, he, you know, he's, he's an amazing player. Go Bucks! Fire the cannons, baby. Guys, be blessed. All right, Manny, brother. Appreciate your phone call. Appreciate your insight and your in your thoughts, uh, as we always do. And here, here's the first thing I'm going to say: We are fans of OJ Howard. Now you have short-term outlooks versus long-term outlooks. Out long-term, OJ Howard has a better chance, right, to be an impactful player for the Buccaneers franchise moving forward because of his youth. Rob Gronkowski. I think at best you have, what, two or three years left in him if, if you even get that far with him, whereas O.J. Howard has 10-plus years potentially in him uh, to be an, an effective NFL player if he can stay healthy. Yes, they keep O.J. Howard. Yes, it might be better for their long-term future, but if they keep Rob Gronkowski and they keep Cam Brait, then it's better for their short-term prognosis, and, and that's in evidence. Like, you can't, you can't really dispute that because it just happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know they can win a Super Bowl with Gronk and Cam Brait because they just did it. Um, talking about production, O.J. Howard was on pace to do basically what Gronk did. If O.J. stays healthy, this is a different conversation. But even if O.J. stays healthy, once Rob gets going full speed, you can't think that Tom Brady's not going to start going to him more and more and more. So, the, so O.J. having met the pace he was on may not even happen. But if he did, the pace he hit was what the, is what the production Rob Gronkowski gave you. And really, I think what it comes down to, James, is winning over developing. If the Buccaneers want to win now, keeping Rob and Cam makes more sense because they've already done it. Keeping OJ, rather, at the expense of potentially losing Rob Gronkowski or the expense of getting rid of Cam Brates. Two years in this system under Bruce Arians. He struggled one year, and he was injured the second. That's the only evidence you have right now. Once you get away from the sentimental value, and that's what we all have to do, right? That's the challenge when we have these conversations. James, you and I were talking about this pre-recording. If I told you you needed two tight ends and you have $13 million and you're going to pay each one of them an average of $6.5 million, here are your three options. And I put you tight end A, tight end B, tight end C. One of them was Gronk, one of them was OJ, one of them was, was Cam. And I told you their production in the last year and their production in the last two years for the two tight ends that were there, which ones would you take first? You would take Cam Brayton, you would take Rob Gronkowski. If you stripped away the name, you stripped away the first-round draft pick status, you stripped away 
the love of OJ, you would have to. And any honest football fan is going to is not going to sit there and say, I would take the guy that struggled the one year and then missed 16 games the second year. Nobody would say that. So it's, it's not about not loving OJ. It's about understanding the mindset of the team. And if they are, if they are as they say they are, in a win-now situation, which they say they are, keeping OJ over Cam and or, and or Rob doesn't make sense. Now, if they keep all three, great, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult conversation to have. It's a difficult thing to kind of process. Um, yeah, obviously, I, I want to keep O.J. Howard. I've, I've seen the potential. I think he can continue to get better, but you're right. When it comes down to it, he does have the injury problems. Can you rely on him to be on the field? Of course, we said the same thing about Rob Gronkowski when they traded for him. You know, He hasn't played a full season since whenever it was. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. And so there's always the possibility that he's going to break through and he's going to have a full season and he's going to be a big time contributor. But when you have to make tough business decisions, that means you have to strip away the sentimental value. You have to strip away the uh, personal emotions attached and you have to look at it from a business aspect. And that's the direction that the Buccaneers may have to go, but that $2 billion Disney deal uh, may certainly help the, uh, the salary cap coming up. But David, there's a lot of talk about players going every which way we've talked about OJ Howard, uh, all the news, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, all of that. If you want to take a stab into where you think JJ Watt or Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson are going to suit up next year, there's only one place to go and one place we trust. And that is our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA college basketball and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On again. Use promo code Locked On, and you are going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Tom Brady, Ring of Honor talk coming up next here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're covering everything you need to know here at the Locked On Bucks podcast about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but what about the rest of sports? Well, now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered with Locked On today. Hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Segment two here at the Locked On Bucks podcast on Monday. And we're talking about friend of the show, the godfather of the Locked On Bucks podcast, writer for The Athletic, Greg Allman. And he did a mailbag uh, article recently on The Athletic, answered a bunch of questions from fans. And he got a couple of questions that were very interesting. One of them uh, was about people from the current Buccaneer squad who deserve to be Ring of Honor uh, and Shrinees in the near future. And then more specifically, does Tom Brady already deserve to be inducted into the Buccaneers Ring of Honor someday? Yeah, and Greg Allman, uh, he answered the question by saying, quote, linebacker Levante David seems like an absolute lock for the Ring of Honor now. And I think Evans, with nearly all Bucks receiving records, is a safe bet as well, even if he never played for the Bucks again. In both cases, you have the extended stints as high-profile players and some league-wide accolades as well. The perpetually underappreciated David has one Pro Bowl and one All-Pro nod, and Evans now has three Pro Bowl nods himself. Brady will be back for 2021, of course, but if he retired today, I think you still could make a good case for him earning a Ring of Honor spot. 
He had easily the best quarterback season in team history, leading the team to one of two Super Bowl titles and on their home field, no less. It would certainly be exceptional to have a player in with such a short stint, but Brady's pretty exceptional in most things. David, before I dive into my thoughts on it, why don't we get your reaction? Um, What do you think? I mean, do you? Do you think Tom Brady deserves ring of honor consideration after only playing for a year? I do. And and I think he does not just because of the fact that he's Tom Brady, but because of what he brought to the franchise in year one. And it goes beyond the Super Bowl championship. It goes, it speaks to the leadership. You look at the the type of season he came into with all the COVID-19 stuff going on and the the lack of OTAs and lack of quarterback school, as they call it, happening during the offseason. That's usually the advantage that you have during an offseason like this is you get a little bit of extra time to get your people on the same page. They didn't have that. So instead, what had to happen is that Tom Brady himself voluntarily had to go and put on these workouts, and he had to convince other teammates that, hey, it was worth your time to come out here and do this. And, yeah, the notoriety and the name of him and everything else kind of helped, you know, motivate some of those guys to get out there. You know, if, if it was, you know, Blaine Gabbard out there doing that or something or Josh McCown out there doing that, maybe not as many players go out there and participate. Got it. But again, that kind of speaks to the influence that he has. And and really, what is the Ring of Honor about for each franchise? Every franchise is different. They have their own set of criteria. But I think what it is, it's about bringing excellence to the franchise. And that's what Tom Brady did. And he did it in a situation that nobody else has ever had to deal with before. And the leadership, you're talking about the defensive players. I mean, Devin White, you know, Sean Murphy, Bunting, those guys have given Tom credit for some of the things that have happened on the defensive side of the ball because of the mentality that he brought to the roster. So that's important. You know what I mean? You there's, there's multiple ways for players to impact the field. And obviously one of them is in the stat box and on their own arm and all that other stuff. But then you have the mentality, you know, people like to call it, uh, uh, the, the chemistry or what is it? The, the culture, they like to call it the culture of the team, whatever you want to label it, Tom Brady brought it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's obviously what they were missing because by and large, a very similar roster. Like I know Antonio Brown was new. Rob Gronkowski was new. Uh, Leonard Fournette was new, but even outside of that, by and large, the same roster that we've seen not be successful over the years was ultimately successful. The, the best team in the National Football League this year, and even if you talk about those new players being there, well, at least two of those new players aren't even there if Tom Brady's not there. So he still gets credit for that as well. And then the franchise records, like he did so many different uh, layers of things. It's not like he just came to the Bucks, won a Super Bowl, and that's it. If it was just that, I think you have a better conversation. But with the franchise records, the influence on both sides of the ball, the influence on the coaching staff, and the influence on other players coming in, and then you have the stats, I think he deserves a spot. I think it is undeniable that Tom Brady should and will be inducted into the Ring of Honor. Real quick, I'm just going to run down some things. All time in franchise history, David, all time. We're talking about a franchise that has been around since 1976. Tom Brady, 11th in passing yards after one season 11th on the all-time list eighth in touchdown passes 14th in completion percentage he also ranks first in completion percentage for any quarterbacks to throw 500 or more passes in their career with with the tampa bay buccaneers so let's just take a look at single season records most touchdowns in a single season in Buccaneers franchise history, highest quarterback rating in a single season in Buccaneers history, third in completion percentage in a single season in Buccaneers history, second most passing yards in a single season, and finally tied for the fifth 
fewest interceptions thrown in a single season in Buccaneers history. On top of all that, a Super Bowl championship. I know we're going to get to him in a minute. So I'm I'm going to touch on this briefly, but the precedent has already been set. John Gruden got inducted into the Ring of Honor because he brought a Super Bowl to Tampa Bay as the head coach. You know what John Gruden did after that Super Bowl victory? He went 45 and 49 as the head coach of the Buccaneers. Could you say that any head coach in in a franchise's history deserves to be inducted into that team's ring of honor with a sub 500 record? No, absolutely not. But because Gruden went 57 and 55 overall, 12 and four in his first year and won a Super Bowl, he is up in the ring of honor. Outside of that, John Gruden, not impressive, really probably doesn't deserve to be in that ring of honor. So the precedent has already been set. Tom Brady helped bring a Super Bowl to Tampa Bay as the quarterback. He already holds numerous franchise records, both in single season, postseason, and all time. Yes, he absolutely deserves to be there. But speaking of coaches, David, one other thing that he wanted to dive into, Greg Allman said, quote, a tougher question might be Arians. Does a single Lombardi trophy get him in? John Gruden is in with his, and Tony Dudgy is in without winning one here, though both had longer stays as head coach than Arians is likely to have here. Different teams have different standards for their highest team honors, and I think if Arians is so much as makes the playoffs again in 2021, he's in good shape to get in as well. Yes, absolutely. I think Bruce Arians will end up getting in. Bruce Arians currently, after two seasons, holds an 18 and 14 record. So he's already ahead of Gruden in winning percentage. He already has the ring, you know, not to mention all the things that he's done for the franchise in terms of, of their diversity, in terms of helping to elevate women onto the coaching staff. The thing, you know, we talked about it in segment one with the, the girls' flag football, those kinds of things, they go beyond the field and they deserve to be recognized and honored by this franchise for what he did, not just on the field, but off. But I would say, yeah, one more trip to the postseason and Bruce Arians is a lock because the precedent has already been set with John Gruden's average to subpar performance as a head coach being inducted forever simply because of a 12 and four season that had finished with the Lombardi trophy. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's in now to be, to be quite honest with you. I mean, again, you kind of go back to the different layers of things. Uh, when Tom Brady went out looking for a new team, he didn't just go look out for geography. He, wanted, he also wanted to look for a fit and how he fit with certain coaches and the coaching staffs and their mentalities was a big part of that too. And he came to Tampa, not just because of the weapons on the team, uh, but also because of the coach and, uh, you look at the evolution of the offense specifically throughout the season and to have a head coach that had the ability after after this franchise has been through several different coaches who would not budge off their perch of this is how I want my offense to look and this is how I want my quarterback to execute. Bruce Arians was not only able, but is 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 prefers that way. Like throughout his career, he's preferred to meld his style with his quarterback style to come up with a perfect system for both of them. That's exactly what they did, which is why they won an eight-game eight win streak uh, you know, to end the season and hoist the Lombardi trophy. So yeah, absolutely. In my eyes, Bruce Arians' name is already on there. We're just waiting for the paint to dry. And James, it is going to be a really good moment. I hope I get to be on hand. I hope we both get to be on hand when Bruce Arians goes into that ring of honor. Uh, but something else that's good that we don't have to wait on and that we actually get to have on, on almost weekly, if by, not bi-weekly basis, is a new delivery of Built Bars, the most delicious 
tasting protein bar you will ever try with 18 amazing flavors, cookies and cream, carrot cake. They've got a new flavor that, man, I am, I'm telling you, I cannot wait to tell our listeners about. Um, I'm, I'm steadily working through my uh, preview, you know, preview stash that Built Bar hooked us up with, but I'm getting low, so I need that thing to get released uh, extra quick so that I can order some new ones myself. Uh, the the Built Bar is great for anybody trying to lose or maintain weight and also allows you to indulge in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Just for an example, the peanut butter bar, which is pretty popular, has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs only. Get that bar and other bars like it by going to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20. That's all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-20, and you will get 20% off on your next order of the most delicious protein bar you will ever try. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, every team, and every move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And Dave, we are wrapping things up here on a mock draft Monday, and we are going to be diving into Pro Football Network's Matt Valdivino's mock draft that he has. Uh, what is a three round mock that uh, that Matt dove into? Yeah, so look at the first round. Matt has Trevor Lawrence, of course, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars because that's going to be a thing. And then he has the second quarterback coming off the board of the second pick, but he's at Zach Wilson. A quarterback out of BYU going to the Jets, uh, whereas a lot of people have Justin Fields in there. That's kind of the tipping point right there and where people, quote-unquote, say that's where the draft really starts. Jamar Chase is the first wide receiver off the board. James, you're going to see plenty of Justin Fields, and Matt is correct because he's got him going off the board fourth to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals don't take tight end Kyle Pitts. Instead, they take offensive tackle Penny Sewell, which is I think is who you would prefer they take, correct? That is the correct move and it, it's not even who i prefer because i don't like the Bengals. i have a lot of friends right. that like the Bengals, but for the love of god protect <laughs> joe that's it all just I makes ask. more sense i i i love joe burrow just protect the man that's that's all <laughs> the philadelphia eagles uh take Devonte smith while the detroit lions take Jalen waddle so now both franchises have to find a guy to throw those guys the ball good luck with that um the san francisco 49ers trading up to take trey lance yeah that's not a good idea um, moving down through the uh, through the list, Kyle Pitts, tied in for Florida, does end up going in the top 15. He lands at number 11 with the New York Giants. So I guess Evan Ingram is available. I don't know. Um, that's interesting. Would you rather have Evan Ingram or O.J. Howard? O.J. Howard. But yeah, come on. That come is on. also the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's not turn this into a David Harrison doesn't like O.J. conversation. You um, turned the Chris Godwin <laughs> thing against me with the quickness. So I'm just trying to return the favor. Here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Mac Jones ends up with the Carolina Panthers. That's an interesting uh, pick. Quiddy Pay, edge rusher out of Michigan, who a lot of people are intrigued by, ends up with the Minnesota Vikings at pick number 14. Continuing through the first round of selections from Mr. Valdivinos. Najee Harris, who's been projected to the Buccaneers by a lot, and a lot of Buccaneers fans want him at uh, number 32, actually goes 18th to the Miami Dolphins. So they add running back Najee Harris, and they add a wide receiver earlier. So putting some putting some weapons around young Tua Tungabailoa there, uh, that's an interesting move. You mispronounced Deshaun Watson. For them, <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Watson. That is potential. Uh, that, that could happen. 
Uh, Sam Cosme, who's actually one of my favorite picks for the Buccaneers, possibly in this first round, offensive tackle out of Texas, goes 24th overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers, so he doesn't even make it uh, to, to to pick 32 for the Buccaneers to pass over him. Uh, Joshua uh, Joshua Garner, one of our one of our dedicated followers and listeners to the show, is going to be upset to see Florida wide receiver Kadarius Tony going 29th to the Green Bay Packers, so he's not going to make it to pick 32, unfortunately for them. But who does make it to pick number 32? Well, that is edge rusher Jalen Phillips from Miami, Florida. And Val Davinos writes, quote, with a long-term future of Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul very much in doubt. It makes sense for the Buccaneers to target an edge rusher early in this three-round 2021 NFL mock draft. Jalen Phillips is a former five-star recruit who struggled at UCLA, but found his footing this past season at Miami. He showed a nuanced pass rushing skill set, as well as a natural play strength, explosion, and bend. Injury concerns are there, but the player Phillips could be is enough to warrant a late first round selection. Well, uh, I'm sure JC Cornell would not be thrilled with that pick if they, you know, Phillips torpedoed his UCLA Bruins. Uh, but I, I have no problem with it. That's a name that we've also seen connected to the Buccaneers because of the uncertainty surrounding Shaq Barrett, which is something you and I are going to talk about here coming up on Wednesday. Uh, I like the pick. You know, I, I like I'll be honest, if I have to choose between the three major Florida colleges, I'm going to root for the U over the Gators or the Knowles 100 times out of 100. I think Phillips is a, is a solid player. Honestly, I've, I've seen bits and pieces. Again, I haven't, I, I haven't dove into my, my draft research yet, but from what I've seen of Phillips, I think he could be an impact player day one if Shaquille Barrett is one of those guys that ends up going out the door. And then uh, David, in the second round, uh, Matt has the Buccaneers taking a running back out of the University of North Carolina, Javante Williams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, he's actually my second favorite running back out of North Carolina, but he is the higher rated of the two. I just, I like what Michael Carter brings to the field, but truth be told, uh, what Michael Carter brings to the field out of North Carolina doesn't really complement what Ronald Jones does. It just kind of mimics it and maybe adds a little bit more wiggle, I think a little bit. Um, but Ronald Jones kind of gives you that slash and dash, that big play potential. Now we actually say that he has that big play potential because we've seen the big play happen. So that's great. Uh, but Javante Williams, much more of a bowling ball type runner between the tackles type of guy can do some other things too. But that's really going to be his role is kind of play that Leonard Fournette role. I'm not sure how good his, his pass catching skills are going to fit with a guy like Tom Brady, but I mean, you, when you talk about a running back room of, Ron, of Rojo, you know, potentially Javante Williams, Keyshawn Vaughn coming back for his second season, and then maybe a free agent like James White, I think that's a pretty good running back room, and it gives you plenty of options for the potential future because you don't want to pay running backs top dollar if you can avoid it. So if Ronald Jones has a breakout season or James White has a breakout season and comes in on like a one-year deal or something like that, then you don't have to worry about it. You've got guys in development behind them. And then finally, in the third round, he had the Buccaneers taking an offensive tackle out of East Carolina, Dante Smith. Yeah, and Dante Smith is a guy, uh, for anybody out there asking, left tackle. He is a left tackle, three-year starter at East Carolina. And just something that I found when I was preparing for this episode, which I shared with you, James, um, would be the first East Carolina offensive tackle to be drafted in the NFL since Guy Wimper, which... Hall of Fame name. Hall <laughs> of Fame name. You hate to do it, but I just I wouldn't have drafted him based on his name alone. But anyway, getting back to Smith, 6'5", 294 pounds. Uh, Matt, you know, kind of kind of his him and his teammates there at Pro Football Network have written a nice little profile on him. So if you want to go read it, um, but not like not quite a small school guy the way that like Ali Marpet is, but a little bit of a lesser known school in East Carolina. Um, I've got a very good friend of mine who is alum of East Carolina. So that'd be kind of a cool situation. But 
Um, you know, good friend of the show, Trevor Sycamore, right? He always says you need to be drafting either a passer, a pass rusher, or a pass protector uh, in the first three rounds of every draft. Well, in this one, if, if Matt were to be correct, the Buccaneers draft two of the three by getting a pass rusher and getting a pass protector in the first and third rounds. So I would say that Trevor would probably agree with this uh, selection here a little bit. But interestingly enough, when most of the pending free agents uh, are on the defense side of the ball, most of these first three picks go on the offensive side of the ball. But I like them. I think it's an overall good group. Um, if, if this is how the Buccaneers' first three rounds went off, I would probably give them a solid B, teetering on an A, depending on the the impact each of these players had. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with any of these picks. We know running back, you know, the, the likelihood of Leonard Fournette leaving needing to find that complimentary back for Ronald Jones, that's a big one. If Shaq were to leave, obviously they need a, a – edge rusher and then depth along the offensive line you can never ask for for too much of that so david with that you're going to go ahead and get out of here but we have homework our listeners love homework and look david we've given away a lot of things on this show we've given away autographed jerseys we've given away gift cards what 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 else have we given away i don't remember all of them but we've given all uh, memberships uh to, to websites um yep Yep, there may be there may be a book that we're gonna give away here soon. I don't know. There, there's some stuff. There's some good yeah. stuff. So our giveaways involve listener participation. So we have some homework for all of you. We are we now have our question of the week, and we would like to know from all of you. Now, Monty Kiffin is technically already in the ring of honor, but they haven't had the ceremony yet because of the, the COVID restrictions and everything. So Monty Kiffin's already in, but we want to know. Who are the next three Buccaneers that you want to see land in the ring of honor? And, ooh, David, new segment alert, new segment alert. We also want to hear from you for our new segment, Would You Rather Wednesdays, where David and I are going to answer your Would You Rather questions to close out our Wednesday episodes. So send those in. We're going to start this week. So go ahead and send in who you want to see as the next three members of the Buccaneers Ring of Honor and send us your Would You Rather questions. It can be football. It can be about other sports. It can be about life situations. It could be the most random stuff ever, but something a little fun to get us through the offseason here. You can do so by emailing us or sending your voice memos over to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or giving us a call at 813-444-5841. Make sure you are checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrisNation2, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely tremendous day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Lockdown Bucks.